Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back with our guest, Dale Falwell, the 28th treasurer of the state of North Carolina. Dale is in his second term in this job, and uh, he's a certified public accountant with a master's degree in accounting. Uh, And, uh, of course, uh, in addition to his service now, he was a four-term member of the North Carolina House of Representatives, including two terms as Speaker Pro Tem. That gave him an awful lot of experience in working with the legislature and understanding their problems as they go about their duties as well. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about unclaimed cash because uh, I had a great experience with it this week. Uh, we decided to check our accounts and we found 14 different uh, accounts that uh, you had uh, cash for us. Uh, tell us what, give us the genesis of how you get this money in the first place and uh, how it doesn't belong to you, doesn't belong to the state, but it belongs to the people who, uh, whose name it is associated with. I'm delighted to be able to talk to you about this and, and to hear that after 14 months of me telling you, you had 14 entries at nccash.com, you've actually taken the step to collect it. So I'm, uh, you've made, you've made, uh, made me very happy. So, uh, I have this, uh, the, the official word of this uh, division of the treasurer's office is called the Escheats Fund. Now, I used to stutter, so I'm advised not to use that word too often on the radio because I might not get invited it's back. And, and you, might get in, you might get fined. So we're going to call it nccash.com. And uh, it's not a gimmick. It is so simple. It's where somebody tried to mail you a check and either you didn't get it or you didn't cash it. Pure and simple. And there's $920 million sitting at nccash.com. It's just another valuable reason to listen to newsmakers. So it could be a dividend check. Uh, it could be a, uh, a little bank account that's my open for you as, as a, and, and forgot about it. Uh, somebody called me last week. They had given their goddaughter $100 worth of Paramount stock. And they had sent the card years ago and said, because we think that you're going to be a star one day. Now, I didn't get a card like that. I'm not sure you did either. But uh, that $100 worth of Paramount stock uh, was eventually bought out by Coca-Cola and it split six to one. And they ended up with $28,000 in the NC cash department based on that $100 gift to that child decades ago. So, uh, but, you know, over the last two years, we gave $600,000 to a uh, lady who was the beneficiary of a life insurance policy. And no one had ever told her. Uh, tomorrow, with the mayor of Charlotte, I'm presenting $21,000 to the city of Charlotte. Not Curtis Media, but the city of Charlotte, who had money at nccash.com. So it's very simple, Don. Your listeners, after the show's over, uh, and of course, not while they're driving, They need to go to nccash.com. Now, uh, if they don't see this 18 over 22 hair color, which would be my picture, then they're on the wrong website. Uh, And we want to make sure that they're on the proper official website because there's no charge to look up your name at nccash.com and there's no charge to get what's owed you. But if your last name is Curtis, you're going to put a little more information in there. Uh, If your last name's Falwell, you don't have to put as much information in there because there's not, we've been here for 150 years, but in North Carolina, but there's not many Falwells. 
So go to nccash.com, hit the search button, and put in your name, your maiden name, your kids' names, your parents' names, your church name. There's 100 rotary clubs that have money at nccash.com. Uh, there's a million dollars that belongs to churches uh, and your business. Uh, my, you know, I carry this pillow around in my office that says, you never see a motorcycle parked outside the psychiatrist office. So my psychiatry every Saturday when I'm in Winston-Salem is to go to the motorcycle shop that I used to work at for six years. And uh, last Saturday, three of the five people, complete strangers from all over North Carolina, ironically, three of the five people had something at nccash.com. No charge to look up your name, no charge to get what's owed you. Uh, and uh, it's just another part of us being in the check delivery business. I'm extremely pleased to report on your show that we just crossed 100,000 payments for the fiscal year. We're not even at June 30th yet. We have, state of North Carolina <coughs> has never paid out 100,000 people in one count fiscal year out of nccash.com. And that credit goes to Brenda Williams and her team who have been really doing a lot of hard work during this COVID environment to make sure that we stay in the check delivery business. And we just got legislation passed the House and the Senate signed by the governor that's allowing us to fast track claims below $5,000. So the, if everything matches up, so to speak, they won't need a notary and the, the paper won't have to be handled by us. And we expect to break all records next year for not only in terms of the number of people that are being paid out, but the, we hope to break a hundred million dollars going out to the citizens. And as you said earlier, getting the money back into the hands of the rightful owner. Well, it's interesting. And, and I would urge people to check it, even if you check it in the past, because we have checked ours in the past and uh, uh, we found additional I guess it's been two or three years since we did it, but we found additional funds that have occurred in the last three or four years. And I'm not quite, you know, when you look back and you say, I'm not sure why this happened, but it did. And, and that's, uh, that's good. And uh, it's also uh, uh, going to help the, uh, the bank account. So even if you checked it in the past and uh, check it again, check your business, check your aunts and uncles and, uh, while you can't get their money, you can pass it on to them that you've uh, found money for them. Well, we kid we kidded earlier about uh, the fact that I practice yoga, and over over the Christmas, uh, I was talking to a, a kid who was uh, in my class with me, and uh, we were it was sort of after class. I forget how the conversation came up, but uh, the kid was just uh, really. Uh, anxious about what to get his parents and grandparents for Christmas. I mean, what do you get folks like that? And I said, won't you just go to nccash.com, look up all their names and print off what is in that uh, NC Cash account in their name and put that in their stocking and that'll be their Christmas present. And that kid went and they found 14 entries at nccash.com for people he was going to give Christmas presents to. So it didn't cost him a thing. Uh, really smart guy who did that. And uh, so I can tell you, your chances are a heck of a lot better than playing the lottery. We have 17 million entries at nccash.com and only 10 million citizens. So your odds are pretty good. And there are physical things that are there. We were able to return some World War II medals recently uh, because all the abandoned lockboxes in North Carolina, when the banks can't find the rightful owner, all that property comes to nccash.com. 
So whether it's World War II medals or if you're missing any baby teeth, silver teeth, gold teeth, or false teeth, uh, you might also find those there because you can imagine what folks, my parent and your parents' age, Don, used to put in these lock boxes. I want to change the subject and talk a little bit about fraud because uh, anytime you handle as much money as you do, you're always having people trying to game the system, so to speak, and you're always having people who are trying to do something either in the pension system or with disability overpayments. I know you've been very concerned about this. Uh, what kind of progress are you making? We hope that we're making good progress. Uh, COVID obviously set us back when, you know, the governor shut down the state government and, and you know, working remotely, uh, you don't get the quite the same kind of energy and progress that you do get, get by working in person. Uh, when it comes to fraud, waste and abuse, uh, which is things that folks, public servants talk about a lot, uh, I'd like for your listeners just to, uh, think about this the way I think about it. We think about it in terms of one, O-N-E. If there's one person in this pension plan or this health plan that's not getting the money they deserve, that's one too many. And if there's one, one O-N-E person who's getting some kind of benefit they don't deserve, that's also one too many. So we don't get too bogged down in the, the larger amounts of 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 all these cases we're just trying to whittle it down to where we don't have any of these uh under or over payments which is obviously very difficult to do when you're managing one of the largest pools of public money in the entire world not just in the united states we're managing about 220 billion dollars this afternoon and to put that in context for your listeners that is eight times the size of the state budget. So give us an example of how you would have a pension uh, overpayment. We had a recent court case in uh, Wake County where a guy had been cashing his deceased mother's pension check for 14 years. And I was asked, uh, well, what evidence do you have, Mr. Treasurer? And I said, we have a death certificate and we have canceled checks. I don't know how much more evidence we need. Uh, no. uh, we charged that person. They lived in Maryland. We charged them with a felony. Um, uh, and we took that all. The district attorney uh, 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 charged that person in Wake County. Uh, and this, these are very serious issues. So, it, you know, in this day of electronic transfer, you know, back in the day, all these checks used to be sent out manually. Uh, so if somebody died, the check came back. Well, all this stuff's electronic now. And trying to stay one step ahead of these folks who are trying to game the system is uh, becoming increasingly difficult. Just look at what happened to our pipeline recently. So you would have the same thing with the disability overpayments. If someone reports a disability and then doesn't report, it goes away, I guess they keep getting checks. Exactly right. And as I said, we, you can get all glassy eyed and paralyzed over the, the you know, how this impacts different parts of the treasurer's office, or you can just evangelically, evangel, evangelically focus on the word one. If there's one person not getting what they deserve, that's one too many. If there's one person that's getting what they don't deserve, that's one too many. Do you find that this uh, type of uh, fraud is increasing or are you able to, uh, by programs like this, convince people that you are gonna get caught at some point in time? 
I think that it is the ability to track it is is getting better because of the way that government computers are talking to each other. Uh, but I think the number of people doing it is increasing just because of the sheer number of people in this plan. Uh, this is a little bit out of context, but your listeners should know this by now with you and I talking back and forth. Uh, you know, we've crossed, a, we've crossed a precipice in this pension system for the first time in North Carolina history. Uh, even those 990,000 people on this pension plan, those that teach, protect, and otherwise serve at all levels of public service in North Carolina, the precipice that we've crossed, crossed is that we have less people paying into the plan than are not. Now, I say that slowly because I used to stutter, and it's important for your listeners to know that. Uh, but it's very it's something they're being aware of for all their lifetimes. That they there used to be a thousand to one people paying into the Social Security system versus those receiving it. Now we're not a thousand to one or five hundred to one. We're two and a half to one. It's not quite that bad, obviously, in the pension plan. But less people paying into the plan than are not is with low interest rates and earlier retirements and increased life expectancies puts a lot of pressure even on well-funded plans like ours. Well, of course, the increased life expectancy also affects the state medical uh, health plan as well, because uh, as people live longer, they're going to have more concerns and more hospital bills. So uh, on one hand, it's uh, we rejoice that we're able to live longer and, and uh, enjoy life longer, but it does put a strain on the government because apparently uh, 20 or 30 years ago, we didn't think people would be living as long as they are. Or retiring as early as they are, so... You know, low interest rates are great for buying houses and, and investing in your mind and, and building businesses, but they're a real uh, headwind to pension plans. Our guest is Dale Falwell, the state treasurer of North Carolina. We've got one final segment. And in that segment, we're going to talk about uh, the possibility of all the federal aid that may be coming our way and how it will affect infrastructure bills and how it will affect the, uh, the state's uh, uh, method of supporting the counties and cities across the state. We'll do that when we return with the final segment of Carolina Newsmakers. Olivia from Washington. <clears throat> Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel from California, choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Watch out! You got me! The galaxy is safe once again. In the pretend universe, kids play with pretend guns. In the real world, it's up to us to make sure they don't get their hands on a real gun. If you have a gun in the house, keep it locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Safe gun storage saves lives. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. That's nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. 
Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back with the final segment of Carolina Newsmakers for this week. Our guest is Treasurer Dale Falwell. We've uh, enjoyed the conversation and getting his insight into the effects on the pension plan from COVID-19, the unemployment claims, the state health plan has been updated, uh, the cost of health care, we've talked about that. We've also talked about NC Cash and how you may have some money awaiting you uh, by going to nccash.com and seeing if indeed the state is holding some money that belongs to you and they will be delighted to return it. Uh, but in this segment, Dale, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some rather large numbers that are being tossed around from the federal government as a part of the infrastructure bill that would be coming our way. Uh, and uh, we've already received a lot of aid uh, and uh, of course, the state of North Carolina's general fund is uh, is in pretty good shape. So all of a sudden, we find ourselves with a lot of options. Uh, but first of all, let's talk a little bit about the likelihood that we are going to get uh, some more federal aid and how that will be used. How how do you see that happening, and how much impact is that going to have on us? It's uh, it's interesting that oftentimes on this show we talk about the lottery. Uh, North Carolina has won the lottery in terms of the federal aid, and we just got nearly $3 billion in uh, 48 hours ago uh, from the federal government. And what I mean by the lottery is that hopefully, I don't think this money will ever be replaced uh, because I hope we never go through anything like this. And it deeply concerns me as the state treasurer to keep the public purse about what ultimate impact that all this uh, borrowing and spending is going to have on the federal budget and ultimately on uh, inflation as well as taxes. But uh, in the meantime, uh, we have received billions and billions of dollars, as I believe the OSBM director has said, we're, we're drowning in money. And it's very important that when you win the lottery, you don't go blow it all. And it's, uh, we hope that whether it's the city, counties, or the state, that they will start using some of these windfalls to the extent they can to fund some of these really important things that we know are going to be facing them over the long term. Uh, pension liabilities, healthcare liabilities, but also, as you alluded to, these uh, infrastructure needs. And as we think about infrastructure, it's really important that we don't drive up the cost on ourselves. Uh, if we start throwing a lot of money at anything at one period of time, it's going to drive up the cost of piping. It's going to drive up the cost of, of water pumps for water and sewer systems. It's going to, everything going to, you're going to create your own inflation, which is going to eat away at the real effectiveness of using this money. So that's why I think the General Assembly is being extremely cautious with not only looking at this money and seeing where its best long-term use is, but also in terms of, as I said in the earlier segment, not to be seduced to borrow even more money at the state level uh, because of these low interest rates. So uh, finding that balance is going to be extremely important uh, for the long-term certainty of the citizens as well as the employers and businesses of North Carolina. Does all of this money that they're talking about go directly to the state or does some go directly to counties and cities? Uh, there's two or three... Uh, versions of this. The first one went mainly to the state. Uh, and as I think I've talked about in the past, these numbers are uh, escaping me. But uh, in, in the first go around, uh, 
only uh, one city got the money, uh, and that was Charlotte because of the criteria that there had to be at least 500,000 people in the city. And I know it's hard for your listeners to imagine there's not 500,000 people in the city of Raleigh, but with all the large incorporated areas of Wake County, there actually weren't 500,000 people in the city of Raleigh. So only Charlotte got that money. And then it was also segmented by the size of the county. So for example, four large counties got a, a big, huge piece of that $400 million. And those four large counties are Wake, Guilford, and, uh, Three large counties are Wake, Guilford, and, and Mecklenburg. Uh, to put that in context for your listeners, in the first go around, for example, Alamance County, Burlington got six million, Guilford County got 92 million, then the county beside Guilford, Greensboro, Winston-Salem, <coughs> excuse me, got 12 million. That just gives you an idea of how disproportional some of those first uh, rounds of financings went. Well, it's interesting. Uh, now, of course, the final decision has not been made on this bill, but uh, it does appear that at least part of it is going to be passed and uh, maybe all of it. What do you think the chances, what, what, what's your best estimate of what is finally going to come out and how much money will we be talking about in North Carolina, according to your best guess right now? I, I think it'll be uh, several billion dollars once again, but as, as you're Listeners know by paying attention to your show, even before you were anointed as a doctor recently, and congratulations on that, that uh, oftentimes when this money comes down from Washington, it has strings attached. And when that string is attached from Washington, it stays attached when it goes through Raleigh. And then you need that money that leaves the General Assembly and goes down to the local level, that same string that is attached from Washington. So I hope that the, uh, that the, uh, Congress, whatever they do, will put some parameters on, on the on the use of this money so that we can really use it and and so that the counties, the cities, or the state are not encouraged to use it or lose it, to be able to make wise, conservative, common sense decisions which reflect the personality of North Carolinians. Well, there's always a gap between when you get the money and when you can spend it, because as you said a few minutes ago, spending it sometimes uh, takes longer than getting it. So what happens to that money while you have it? Are you able to earn uh, a return on those funds while it's sitting in your bank account? Great point. Uh, we put it to work immediately in the overnight repurchase agreements. And as I was alluding to in one of the earlier segments, uh, we got nearly $3 billion uh, yesterday, right before 5 o'clock. And when we tried to deposit that money with our depository banks, uh, they couldn't handle it. And they didn't have enough reserves. But we, we got beyond it, uh, and it remains in interest-bearing accounts. It's not earning as much interest as it would have been if Harlan Bowles was the state treasurer because you know government bonds were yielding 10% back then. And you and I both remember that period. But... Uh, Putting it in interest-bearing accounts is just another example of us watching the pennies and paper clips, no matter how small the amount is. Finally, uh, as we wrap up this uh, edition of Carolina Newsmakers with our guest, Dale Falwell, the General Assembly is in town and is working away at legislation. What legislation is pending that, uh, that you have interest in as state treasurer? What are the items that you are hoping will be passed and what are the ones you're concerned about? The number one item for any state treasurer in North Carolina is to get the pension plan fully funded. 
to get the state health plan fully funded. But we have some additional concerns now, and that is that the state health plan has expended many, much, many of these expenditures were because of federal mandates, has expended and will expend nearly $175 million on the testing and treatment and the administering of the COVID-19 vaccine. Your listeners may be scratching their heads and say, well, I thought the vaccine was free. But we are finding where people are being charged through the state health plan to administer the vaccine, even though the vaccine itself is free. Uh, We are finding evidence of people being charged a facility fee, a facility fee for a shot in their arm. I mean, this is what we've talked about in the earlier segment with the cartelization and the secretiveness of the healthcare industry of North Carolina. The power is going into the hands of fewer and fewer people who can discharge whatever they want to. And the consumers of the state aren't being protected. And the fourth thing is that the General Assembly took nearly $200 million last year to balance the budget out of the state health plan reserves. So our number one agenda item right now is to get the pension plan fully funded, get the state health plan fully funded, and to get the money reimbursed back to the state health plan for the testing and treatment and the administering of the vaccines as well as the repayment back into the reserve account that was taken out last year. And these are also goals and initiatives that the State Employees Association of North Carolina are where there's no space between us on this subject is to get these things fully funded. And of course, we have about uh, less than a dozen agency bills that uh, all try to make our jobs more efficient at the treasurer's office. Uh, All we do here is we make money and save money. That's all we do. We try to save money in the pension, in the healthcare and the pharmaceutical spend. We try to save money in the administering of the what it costs to actually run this pension system. And then, of course, we try to make money in the you know, on the investments. So any we don't ask for anything we don't need at the treasurer's office because everything that we ask for is along the lines of making money or saving money for those that teach, those that protect, those that otherwise serve. And of course, taxpayers like them. I know one of your major concerns was uh, getting a cap on the management fees from those advisors who are handling a lot of the uh, state's investments. Uh, It does take expertise to run these, and it is wise to have managers. But you were uh, concerned about the fees that we were paying. Tell us a little bit about where you stand on that now. We're, We're very excited to report that uh, when I would apply for the job to be the chief financial officer and keeper of the public purse and the state treasurer. And let me tell you why I differentiate between applying for the job and running for office. We have too many people across this state and across this country who run for public office. And when they get to Raleigh or get, they get to Washington, they don't do what they told the employer, the voter they were going to do. I don't know of any of your listeners, including the ones uh, sitting there with you right now, who could keep their job if they put one thing on their job application and when they got the job, they did something different. So when I applied for the job to be the state treasurer in North Carolina, we uh, Wall Street fees had ballooned from 50 to $700 million per year from the time in 16 years since Harlan Bull was the state treasurer. And we've been fortunate to have reduced Wall Street fees $350 million over the last four years, and all that money stays in the pension plan to provide benefits for those that teach, protect, and otherwise serve. 
that's a, that's a lot of progress. Uh, uh, and of course, as the investments go on, they, they are usually paid on the, uh, the amount of money. So I guess those fees will go up in one way, but the percentage of the amount of fees paid is what you're concerned about. We just got designated in the zero percentile. That's where I spent most of my school career in the zero percentile. And when we compared our fee structure to those uh, pension plans, our size around the world, we're very proud of that. Well, uh, as well, you should be. And that's, that's great. Well, I, I've uh, sort of run out of enough time to ask another question of our state treasurer, Dale Falwell, who has been a frequent guest on our program and it shares a great update on what's going on with uh, the money that actually belongs to the citizens of North Carolina one way or the other. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong. He promises me he'll have another interesting guest next week, and I'm sure he will. If you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast or share it with a friend, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and either hear the entire broadcast or the two segments that you might have missed if you're listening to the half-hour version. So until next week, same time, same station. Have a good week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.